Hi, this is PJ from Nurses at Work, and we're working on episode 15. I just want to say I miss you guys, and I do have a special guest here today. And she is a traveler, and she is one of my favorite uh, nurses that's a traveler. And I would like for you to go ahead and introduce yourself, Johnny. Good evening, I'm Johnny. <laughs> so, Johnny, tell us a little bit about your history and um, as a traveler. Uh, as a traveler, or where I, how I got here? Well, just basically just talk about um, your role as a nurse as a traveler in the departments that you work for. So okay. You just give us a little bit of a background. Uh, a little background. I've been a nurse coming up on 36 years. I did wow. my first four years. Yeah, long time. Uh, yeah. It seems really, really fast. Uh-huh. Um, I spent my first four years working med surge. And then back then you had to earn a spot to a specialty unit. Ooh. So I finally got into labor and delivery. And that's where I have been for the last 32 years in labor and delivery. Okay. That sounds great. I remember at one time I wanted to be an L&D nurse, but, I, girl, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I can tell you, we are a special breed. Yes, you are. We are very much a special breed. <laughs> yes, you are. And I know that for the past several months I've been supporting the peri- uh, perinatal unit. And I, you know, at one point in time I was like, okay, you guys didn't seem that busy, but I noticed that, for, especially the L&D part, you guys are mad busy. I mean, extremely busy. I've always said that labor and delivery is feast or famine. Oh. It's either bust-ass crazy or it's mind-blowingly slow and you're bored. And that's pretty much what I normally see is that we're just, it can be nothing going on and then it gets six it's admits a, in an hour yeah. and, and it just hits the fan and you just got to run. Oh. Well, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. And, and once again, I really thank you for um, you know, uh, just sharing any sort of views and feedback, uh, you know, and you, along with your expertise with the audience. Um, first question I really wanted to ask you, as far as the traveler, have you experienced, because I know everybody is different, and one of my biggest concerns, because I also did, you know, as a traveler as well, at, uh, working on the floor, and I really didn't like it. And I didn't like it because I felt that as a traveler that I was not part of that department, and I felt that from other nurses I was treated differently, and um, and and that's what really was my biggest you know hang up was just you know being treated by other nurses, and you're there to help them, but yet they just kind of you know it's like oh you're just a traveler and you know it's just it was just totally different for me. How about you? Uh, well, I don't know if I, I have a different perspective because I worked as a hospital-based nurse for 30 years, and I've been traveling okay. for the last five, going on five years now. Okay. So I kind of came into travel nursing because I was so burnt out working as a regular employee where, okay. you know, you, you, you have all the experience, and so they put you doing all these different things. You're in charge. You're doing staff development. You're teaching. Right. You're precepting. You're going to committee meetings. You're involved in all of the stuff going on in the hospital, and I just kept getting pulled further and further away from the bed, right. taking care of the patient. Right. And that's what I love to do is the, I'm, I'm a clinician. I love what I do. And I just was at the point where I was burnt out and wanted to just completely quit nursing. Okay. And okay. a friend of mine who had been traveling for about 15 years said, Johnny, don't quit. Go travel. Right. Before you hang it up, you need to go travel. You'll love it because you go in, you work. You don't have to get involved in the hospital politics. Mm-hmm. You go in, do your job, go home. You are not. You don't have to take charge. Right. You're not on committees. Um, it's, it's a lot less stressful 
mm-hmm. on the administrative side for you, and you get to just be the clinician that you want to be. And so that's what I did. I started traveling, and I have to say I've only had one um, contract where I really felt like I was mistreated. Right. But the rest of the places I've been, I've been welcomed. Um, I've been appreciated, some places more than others. Okay. Um, but for me... I kind of like coming in as the outsider. Okay. I kind of like okay. being underestimated. See, yeah, yeah, see, everybody, I guess, is different. I kind of like right. that they really don't know me. And so I usually spend the first few weeks listening more than I'm talking and kind of mm-hmm. slowly will reveal a little bit more about myself. I mean, my resume is there. They've seen, you know, the, the right, director right. and the charge nurses have seen it. But the staff nurses I'm working with don't know a whole lot about me. So I just like to go in and do what I do and right. just let my work speak, speak for, for itself. itself. Okay. And th- there's personalities. Everywhere I go, I'm looking for what I call the facilitators. Okay. And then I'm looking for the, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. I'm looking for the ones, the, the, the for lack of a, a better word, the shit stirs. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. Right. Everywhere you it's go, all, it's always yes. You, always you know, get that I I learned really quick that <laughs> when you go on the unit, I'm gonna pigeonhole these people who right. are there. If I need to ask a question, need exactly. to know where something is, exactly. um, that I can always ask him. They never get aggravated with me asking. Right. They're always willing to help. And for the most part, there's a lot of those staff out there. Right. There's always one or two. Right. That puts you under the microscope, and it's like they want to catch you. Exactly. They want to catch you exactly. doing something you shouldn't exactly. do, or catch you doing something uh, wrong, or making a mistake. Um, and so I'm always watching out for that. And right. then you kind of, I'm not there to take anybody's job. Right. I just want to come in and work. work and help. Yeah. But, but I'm not going to be abused. I'm not going to be mistreated. Exactly. And exactly. my thing is, is very politely and right. professionally. Exactly. Standing up for myself. Right. And not letting people just run roughshod over me. And, 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 but that's always my personality. I've always been very assertive. Right. Some would say aggressive. And right. I've actually, over the years, have gotten quieter. Mm-hmm. And uh, my temper is triggered much less. Mm-hmm. I'm able to maintain um, some decorum. <laughs> much better now in my older years than I would as a 20-something and 30-something. I had to kind of get a handle on my temper. Would you say from your years of experience, um, especially as a traveler, do you think that you have to be a certain type of person to to be a traveler i think you have to have a certain skill set okay because i've i've had lots of friends ask me about it because they see me posting about right. my adventures where i'm going exactly. and what i'm doing and exactly. everybody's like oh that just seems like so much so fun. fun right um it's not for everybody no it's not and for me it's not even for me long term this is something i'm doing short term until i retire um so right, right. if I had to look at doing this for 15 or 20 years, I don't know if I'd want to do it to do, that long. Right, it's right. been five years, and I'm kind of – the last two years I've been working exclusively out of California, so it's really gotten long because that's a whole other story why I've been here for the last two years. <laughs> but um, it's um, it's not for everybody because I do have – unless you're traveling with somebody, a buddy, right, or a spouse, right, right, right. Um, you do spend a lot of time alone. So if you don't handle alone well, well exactly. it's – very, very tough because I find that by the time the end of my three months, that's when people are more comfortable and I get invited to different stuff. Right when I'm right. about to leave, I start getting invited into things. Right, right. So for the first month or two, you kind of make in your own way. Right. And if you can't go sit in a restaurant by yourself and eat a meal without feeling weird or intimidated right. or don't do it because it's uncomfortable. Right. 
that that's kind of a sign to me, then you, you probably wouldn't do a well loan. And I do get homesick from time to time. I miss being home. Right. And I could try to keep myself busy. So I have to, it's good having hobbies that you can travel with, you know, right. if you have something that's certain to your locale, mm-hmm. you can't take that with you. But I've, um, the last 10 years I've been running and working out and doing, um, yoga Pilates kind of thing. And, and so I'm very active and I like to explore and I don't mind going and doing those things by myself. Mm-hmm. I hike a lot by myself, which mm-hmm. makes my husband crazy. Um, but <laughs> I don't, if I wait for someone to be free to go with me, right. then I'm going to be waiting. Okay. There's a lot of things I wouldn't have done if I had to wait for somebody to go with me. So I'm okay going and doing things by myself. Okay. It's great if you have a partner. And I'm even kind of funny who I would want to go hiking with. I actually right. had a nurse that I met a while back want to go hiking with me, and I told her, no, That's, thank you. Aww. And I like her, but she's just not she's not the type of person I think that I could hike right. with because she's very chatty. Okay. Um, and I like to hike and relax and take in nature right. and isolate. Right. I like to get off the grid. I, like, I don't like to go on hikes where there's a lot of people. Because I'm trying to get away from all the noise and the racket and the stress of working such right. a high-stress area as labor and delivery. Right. Um, I unplug, and that's kind of what I did today. I worked the last five days, 12-hour shifts, and uh-huh. then today was an unplugged day for me mm-hmm. to be able to go work out, um, go do some stretching, go get a massage, and just kind of chill so, out today. And tomorrow I'm going to find a trail to be on because I'm <laughs> off again tomorrow. Right. Um, and so you have to find a way to entertain yourself. And it's great if you make a buddy and you can go to the movies with them or go to dinner or do different things. But that's not a guarantee everywhere you go. So you got to be able to do that. Well, and you know what? I totally agree with you. Um, one of my also concerns when it comes to travelers is training. Um, I, I, and this is just my opinion because I know everywhere is probably different, but I know I spoke to quite a few people that are travelers and, um, I think that for some, you know, not there, there's been people that's like, this is my first time traveling and, uh, I don't know the system, whatever the system Mm -hmm. is out there, whether it's Epic or Meditech or whatever have you. And, um, and they're thrown into, you know, being trained for orientation and when they get out on the floor, whomever they thrown with, you know, that training is like so fast because they're under the assumption that, okay, you know, you've had, you know, by you being a traveler already that you know a lot of things already and, and, you know, we don't have to show you much and that sort of thing. And, and my, you know, my issue is, well, if you're going to, if my home is med surge and you want to float me to pack you or something like that. I should definitely get that orientation for those other locations because what I'm finding out is that for, you know, my experience, I didn't get that. I, you know, my home was like med surge. Then they threw me to, uh, to telly and then they threw me somewhere else. And it's like, wait, 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 hold. I don't even know what's going on. The logistics, I don't know, you know, cause every department is different. And so for me, I just think that when it comes to the training, um, I think the circumstances, they should really be a little bit more considerate with that particular traveler because not all travelers have been in it for five or six years. And if you're expecting to have them float, you know, after their eight hours, especially if they want 12 hours or whatever have you, you want to make sure that they get what they need. 
you know, and that was my biggest concern when it comes to travelers as far as orientation, you know, is I just felt like it wasn't enough. And, and, and also travelers, they need a little bit of time to get adjusted or acclimated into that facility and what they're doing. Right. It is tough. Um, I've kind of, when I first started traveling, you know, going in as the new kid and not knowing the computer system where things are, I, I liken it to being a fish out of water. And I try right. not to just flop around and right. gasp. Um, what I've kind of, my perspective is, is that I know the standard of care. Everywhere right. I go, I know mm-hmm. how to take care of their patients. So when mm-hmm. I come into a new facility, I just don't know that facility. Right. So I don't know where things are. I don't know, you know, some of the little ways that you do things are going to be a little bit different. Uh, but the mm-hmm. basic care for the patient is going to be the same. The computer systems all basically do the same thing. Right. They're just configured differently. Right. So it just takes me time to get used to it. So when I come to a new place, I give myself two weeks. The first week is hell. Because course, I am like, it's, I don't know yeah. where anything is, is and I really yes. have to rely on the people on the unit or the people in education to ca- kind of keep me where I need to be and keep me grounded in learning all this stuff. And, and now with the different um, security, uh, there's different codes to every door. That's true. It's hard to keep up. I keep a, a, a running list. I keep a little um, notepad, a small notepad that'll fit in my scrub pocket, and mm-hmm. I make notes for myself. Okay. And I kind of wind up getting a list of codes and stuff and then I make a little cheat card that I put in the back of my um my nurse badge so I can just flip my badge over and I've got those codes um and that kind of helps me a lot because there's so many to remember um so it's it's coming in that first week getting the orientation and sometimes some places I go straight to the floor I don't even go to the education department I go straight to the floor Okay. And in other places, I get a couple of days in education. Then I go to the floor. But we mm-hmm. usually get an accelerated um, orientation in education and on the floor. So we basically do have to kind of hit the ground running. And that's why I think it's so important. You know, I know a lot of companies will take nurses with one-year experience. But I tell the nurses, you're really cutting yourself short. Because yes, agree, that agree. is really, I, I mean, it was tough for me coming out with the years I had um, uh, that I had moments of insecurity. I had moments exactly. of of, of almost panic and having to go, okay, just breathe, Johnny, just breathe. It's the same care everywhere you go. It's just, I don't know the computer. So, and that's my big fear is having an emergency the first day or two on the unit. Right. And I don't know where everything is, but the other staff does. So right. if I'm the primary nurse and I'm at the, but I'm with the patient doing what I need to do. Right. And if I have to just write everything on the strip or on a scratch piece of paper, exactly. the charting will come later, take care of the patient. Right. And so I kind of hold on to that thought that if the, if it goes down, this mm-hmm. is what I need to do. The hard part for me getting pulled, and this just happened to me, I was working five days in a row, and yesterday I got pulled to postpartum. And I had been oriented to postpartum, but I hadn't been back on that unit in several weeks because right. we've been busy. Right. So you get pulled back to that department, and you don't remember where everything is. You don't right. remember exactly. all the codes. Exactly. And then there's all these little caveats of how you discharge the patient, how you have to do this, and how you have to look up this. And so I was really off my game yesterday, even though I've been, I've been here for the last two right. months. Right, right. I really was off my game yesterday working postpartum because it had just been a while since I'd been there. But what got me through it was there was a charge nurse there who recognized that I was struggling. And she was like, what do you need? What can I do to help oh, that's you? that's fantastic. And so that made all the difference for yes. me. Otherwise, I'd have just crashed and burned yesterday. You know what? Let's give a shout out to charge nurses. There are some charge nurses out there. They are kick-ass. They will help you. They will do whatever possible, you know, to make sure that your day 
you know, it, it runs smoothly. And, 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 and I like that. I, I really do. Um, I know from my experience um, as a traveler, um, my issue at one particular hospital was that every day when I came in, there was something as far as me not able to pass meds because I wasn't in the system. You know, and that was a daily thing. And I was like, what the hell? You know, I mean, that was, see, see, for me, my thing is this. Okay, prepare the nurses. If you want me to do, and I, I don't have a problem. If you want me to do X, Y, and Z, if you want to float me here, do this, do that, at least let me be prepared. Give me the resources, the tools that I need so I can be able to do that. And that way I won't be behind in my med pass, I won't be behind in my in patient care, patient-centered care, period. But it's just that it was really sloppy. This was an experience that I just was totally dreadful. Being a nurse educator, I was like, oh, my God, this is just not happening. Every day I have to go to pharmacies so they can make sure that I'm able to have permissions to scan medications. What is that? I'm laughing because that's actually happened to me as well as a traveler more than once is that I'm up (laughs) on the unit sometimes two or three days before I get my access to meds. And so you got to go to another nurse to get them. So it's really frustrating. It's kind of like, you know, Every place, especially places that are using a lot of travelers, you should have a workflow. Exactly. So that when you starting, when when I, my thing is when I hit the floor, when I come up to the unit, hit the floor, I should already be in the computer system. Exactly. I should already have access to. Exactly. I just have to put new passcodes in. Exactly. It should all be done. So it's smooth and seamless, but it, it it's amazing to me that in this day and age with our with computers computerization and everything, that we haven't figured out a way to do a workflow that's smooth, easy, fast, and effective. Right. Because you're constantly bringing people in exactly to the, your unit and having to do this, and it's like, well, how do we put them in the Pixis or the the Omni cell? Exactly. Exactly. And then it's like every all the regular staff are going, oh, I forget. How do we do that? How do we? What's exactly. The pa- it's yeah. a universal passcode. What's the passcode? I don't right. know. I can't remember what the passcode is. You know, if we could right. just put the passcode in, we could get you in, but I can't remember what the passcode is. You know, so it's like we need to have a little manual pass, uh, workflow for when you get a new traveler, and which exactly. to me would be kind of be an offshoot of when you have a new nurse coming on the unit. If you're, exactly. If you've got a new nurse coming in, it's basically the same kind of thing, that right. you should have a workflow of when she's, the day one, when she starts on the unit, she should already have, have exactly. access to all of all this the, stuff and exactly. just have to change the passcodes. That way it just helps her hit the ground, or right. him, get hit that ground running a little bit easier. Exactly. And it's one, me, it's one less frustration. It is. Because all these little frustrations add up to big frustration. It does. When you're running and trying to keep yes. up and you've got a patient load yep. and you and you don't want to look like as a traveler you don't want to look like the incompetent <laughs> nurse who can't find her ass right. with both hands exactly you know and exactly. if you're running around and can't get all this done and you're exactly. running behind and all the other nurses are going oh uh, this is this not going to work. work she does not know no, what, what she's, she's doing do. exactly she's going to be so, gone in less than who knows right? so it kind of it almost kind of puts you off on the wrong foot right. with right. the staff because you kind of you're running around like you, a chicken you, you are you run around and, and also too back Back to the whole floating thing, you know, and for most travelers that's doing a 12-hour shift, you know, you're going to spend eight hours, most hospitals at one particular department, and then you're going to spend four hours somewhere else. Well, okay, if I'm in med surge and I, and you got me into the, you know, where I can get to the Omnicell and Pixis, whatever have you, and then when I'm being floated so 
quickly, of yeah, course. Some places you, know. you float and you don't, and you, you can't still, get in theirs. And you cannot get it. And that has happened. That's what I'm saying. That has happened. So yep. it's like, if you want this to be a, you know, for nurses to do what they need to do and to take care of patients. Give us with, the tools. You got to give us the tools. That's, that's, that's my whole point. That was my, my whole, my main concern. And, uh, I, that's, you know, how you know, what I really wish they would look at doing, if you're going to pull a traveler to another unit, especially that they've had such little orientation to, right. is why don't you just have us as task? There we go. Okay. There we give, go. Give me, give me a task to do. I mean, I had one of my struggles yesterday on postpartum was I had a very large, high BMI patient who okay. had, had a C-section. Okay. We had no ancillary staff. And this was, uh. this was day one post-op. I've got to get her out of bed. Yes, you do. And that takes a lot of logistics when yes, you have a big exactly. person who is in excess of 300 pounds. Right. Who you've got to get up and get them moving. And as if I was on that unit and then having to, and then I hadn't opened any of my charts yet because I was, had trouble right. giving meds to my fresh post-op from that morning C-section right. because there was, we didn't have all the information from PACU. So I didn't know when her first meds were given to be able to follow up with that. So it was just a big hoorah right. trying to get that information and mm-hmm. then trying to take care of this C-section patient who I had to get up and do a lot of help with her. And it was like, Slow moving because it right. she, had, she had to move exactly. slow because we're looking at safety here. It's safety. all about yeah, exactly. And I'm by myself doing this. See, yep. So my thing is, if, if yesterday could have been a lot easier for me if I'd have gone out and been tasked, right? Send me to go go take care of this patient, get her cleaned up, get her right. get a bath done, get her out of bed, get mm-hmm. her walking, remove her foley. Okay, uh, I need you to go start an IV. Can you go give these meds for me? Uh, can you go help so-and-so who's breastfeeding right. and having exactly. a hard time? I see what you're saying. Yep. And so that the nurses who know the unit and who know the charting backwards, backwards and forwards, forwards. Right. let them do that. Exactly. Let me be their hands right. to where I can go and do those kinds of tasks. That, to me, it, I don't know. In the, I, I'm thinking in theory it would be easier to be pulled to a unit that I'm not working every week. Because the, right. the two months I've been on the unit I'm on now, I've kind of got it down. I know where everything right. is. And There's it's a few things that, that come right. up that I have to say, hey, I haven't done this before. Where's this? Where's, where's, where's that? Right. And the staff are great about doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I also do as a traveler is I try to be very helpful. Right. If my patients aren't doing anything, I'm like, can I go start that IV for you? Exactly. Can I go do that med exactly. for you? Exactly. What's going on? Oh, let me come help you do that. Exactly. Um, so that the nurses know that you're there to help them as well. You're right. not just there to sit, sit and, and watch the patients right. who are less whatever while they take the high right. risk rates. Um, and it was amazing to me because uh, some places you go, they don't give you anything really no. interesting because they don't know you and they're kind of afraid no, of your skill exactly. level. And so it's been wonderful where I'm right now because the first weekend I was there, they recognized my skill level right. and were giving, they gave me a high risk. The second day I was on the unit, I had a high risk patient I was taking care of. I was in her room doing one-on-one care with her uh-huh. and the staff trusted me. And it wasn't like I felt like they just threw me in there because there's a right. difference. There's a difference. That they yes. just threw me this horrible patient. Exactly. Because they kept coming in and checking on me because I right. was at the bedside with her the whole shift taking okay. care of her because okay. she was a she was V-backing and she was a preeclamptic. And so I was at the bedside with her. And we had heart tone issues, of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the bedside with her. So the staff kept rotating in and out. Are you okay? Do you need a break? Can I get something for you? Um, and I, I didn't feel like I was dumped on. I felt like... They looked at the staff that they had, and they knew right. this patient they was going to be a rough patient, patient to take care mm-hmm. of. And it's like, you know, they, they okay, who's the best person to, to watch this patient? Right. And and that's how I felt about it. Right. Whether that's how it was or not, but that's how but I, I took it. And right. that's how I felt. Um, so that makes you feel good that they trust you in that exactly. regard. And so that's kind of like I like to build because it's like putting 
when I'm helping and, and being flexible, right. or I'm here to do what you need me to do, you know, what patients do you want to take? Exactly. And I'm like, I don't, tell me what you want me to take. <laughs> right. What do you need me to do? Exactly. And when I, I find because I'm flexible and whatever you need me to do, I'm here to work. Right. I get paid by the hour. Mm-hmm. That, that go-to attitude buys me a lot of credit right. with the staff and the charge nurses um, that I find that some other travelers don't do that. Right. And then they get a lot of, they get, they catch right. a little bit more grief. Exactly. You know, I feel like I'm, I can insert myself as part of your team mm-hmm. if I'm, what can I do to help? Oh, well, I'm, my patient's caught up. Let me go start this IV right. for your new admission. Right. Um, that you can, you, you buy yourself a lot of street credit for that yeah. and you're available to help. They, you're brought in a lot faster than somebody who comes in and you right. take care of your patient and you never answer a call light. And unfortunately, I do see that with other right. travelers, and, and I hate it because it kind of gives all of us. Right. And even where I'm working now, there was some problems with travelers before I came with scheduling. And mm-hmm. so yes, now true. those of us who are here are paying the price for that. Yes. That we don't have as much give and take with nope. our schedules nope. because the ones before us burnt Burn- the system. Yeah, yes, exactly. And so we're having to pay for that. Yeah. And so that's frustrating. I know. So my thing is you're going to be a traveler. It's great to be a traveler, but um, I'm here to be a part of the team. They have a need. I'm here to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I'm not getting dumped on. I'm going to be working my tail off for them. Right. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine myself doing anything else other than labor and delivery. I've done Aww. the length of time that I've done it. I, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt <laughs> that this is what I was born to do. This right. is what I was meant to do. And I'm very lucky I found it early. And I know a lot of people don't find it, don't ever right. find it or they find it late. That's the one, you know, there's only a couple of sure things I know in my life. And mm-hmm. one of them is that I was absolutely meant to be a nurse and I was absolutely meant to be an OB nurse Aww. because that's where, um, that's my skill set. Right. That's where I'm comfortable. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's, that's to me is my gift that was given to me mm-hmm. that I'm able to get because I, I, even after 32 years doing this, it's still amazing to see these yes. babies come in. It's I amazing bet. to work with this couple, bringing a baby in uh-huh. and you get them through it. Right. It's amazing. Even when we have to deal with uh, a fetal death, Right. Or a neonatal death. You know, right. sometimes they're born alive and then they wind up dying because they're preterm or they have a, a an abnormality that's incompatible with life. Mm-hmm. They're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. When we can get them through that um, and on their way to into the grieving process, mm-hmm. there's a huge sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and even dealing with the worst part of labor delivery because right. you know 97, 98 percent of the time it's a great place to work. Okay. But when you have a maternal or a fetal bad outcome, mm-hmm. it is the absolute worst. And I've mm-hmm. had a couple in my career. I've had two or three times where I had to sit back and and go, do I can I continue working in this area because it was just really something very hard, very personal, right. and it kind of breaks you. And you, re- it's like post traumatic stress. You play it over and over in your mind. Could I've done something different? Right. Um, and you have to kind of work through it and get past it. And even going back to work, get panicky at work when something's going down because you're scared you're not going to be enough. Um, and that's the pressure cooker of working in that area. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And perinatal, it doesn't only just consist of, you know, you have labor and delivery, you have nursery, and you have postpartum. So uh, for nurses who are interested, uh, not only becoming, you know, and you know, being in that field, but also a traveler. Uh, Johnny, what um, advice would you give, especially uh, nurses who are um, 
who wants to become a traveler, what would you tell them? You need to know your standard of care backwards and forwards. Okay. You need to be able to um, speak up for yourself and be a patient advocate for your patient as well. That, you know, you need to be comfortable in doing that. And even if it's unpopular, mm-hmm. you know, and people not like you or whatever, you need to have a, you need to have your own sense of who you are as a nurse. You need mm-hmm. to be comfortable in that. You need to be confident mm-hmm. in who you are and as right. a nurse. And right. that's why I'm saying I think more than one year's experience is vital. And I'm sure there's nurses with one year experience out there doing great. Right. But I know a lot of nurses <clears throat> who don't have that kind of confidence in everything right. that they're right. doing. And that's what's really difficult. Because even with the years of experience I had when I first started traveling, I had to kind of have a little talk with myself. Right. About you don't want to set yourself up for failure. You know, it's like, right. I got this, and if I don't like it, I can always go back to the hospital. You know, exactly. can I do this? Can I do exactly. this? So knowing your standard of care and whatever professional organization is associated with your field, like I'm with A1. I've been an A1 member for a long time. Okay. I'm nationally certified. I've been nationally certified in OB obstetrics since Ooh. 1994. Woo-hoo. So, you know, I keep that certification. That's great. I'm very proud of that certification. It's very important. Yes. And um, but keep yourself educated, know your standard and and A1, I get the briefs that keep me up to date what's going on right yes, now exactly, in my field. Exactly. So that anywhere that I go, if they're not quite up, at least I know what the standard is. And I can yes. say, wait a minute, this isn't the you know, this isn't safe. We need to be right. We really, you know, I'm gonna you're telling me I don't need to check her blood pressure that frequently, but I'm telling you this. A1, <laughs> I'm going to check it because exactly. that's my comfort zone and it's the A1 standard. Even right. if it's not, it's not your policy mm. to check it that <laughs> often, policy. you know, right. I can check it more frequently right. if I want to. It's exactly. if I, you know, if you go outside of policy by not doing it as, as often as they say, then you're right. in trouble. Right. And that's the other thing is I pull the policies, mm-hmm. make sure you have access to the policies, easy exactly. access. Exactly. And I pull for labor and delivery, I pull their most frequently used policies and right. I review them. You know, Pitocin, exactly. magnesium. It's so important. I'm glad labor, that you're bringing this up. Preeclampsia. Yes. Exactly. All of the, especially the big, ugly, hairy, horrible things that can happen, you know, postpartum hemorrhage, that kind of thing. Um, your VBACs. I pull the policies that I'm going to be using pretty, and if not daily, at least weekly. Right. So that I look That's and see great. what their policy is. Mm-hmm. And actually, I keep those copies kind of in my locker. Yes. So I have them handy to me. Yep. Um, that I can make sure that I know the policy. And I, we had to do um, um, suboxone induction on a patient yesterday. I haven't done that in a long time. Right. And I'm like, where's your policy? Exactly. I want to see it's your so policy. Important. It's so important. Nurses, What's gotta your get that policy. Get yes, your policy. Exactly. So know your standards. Know where the policies are. Mm-hmm. Pull those policies mm-hmm. and say, and I would even, even when I have like a, when I have an insulin drip, I've got a copy of the policy on my clipboard. Oh. So I have it with me to make sure that I'm following it appropriately. Um, so that's the main thing. And my thing is also not being afraid to ask for help. Yes. A lot of times I found when I was working in the hospital and had travelers come to my unit, I always got upset with travelers when they really weren't sure they didn't know, but they didn't ask because they didn't want to appear like they didn't know what they were doing right. or they were afraid to ask whatever mm-hmm. reason that mm-hmm. they were afraid to ask. Um, 
that upset me because if you don't know, ask because exactly. you're going to get yourself in trouble. trouble. Exactly. And so I'd much rather ha- I'd rather ask and say, look, I haven't done this in a long time, or mm-hmm. I've never done this, especially right. if you're younger. I've, you know, in my career, there's certain things I've seen only once, right, and things I haven't even seen at all, right. And I've been doing it a long time. So anytime that I need a refresher, or oh, I haven't done this in a long time, right. Uh, let me see your policy, or how do we do this again, or how right. do you do it in your facility? Exactly. My thing is, you can't be afraid to ask for help if exactly. you need help. Um, but again, you want to go to your facilitators. Exactly. That's know a really who those important. Are. Exactly. You know, have your exit buddy. Exactly. Know which, who your buddies exactly. are. Exactly. And, and I find that the nurses who aren't as friendly, that are not what I call travel friendly, but they tend to, uh, they tend to not be friendly with all the staff. Right. You know, they, they tend to have rough relationships with all, right. all the staff yeah. members. And so my thing is, is just, I, tr- I, it's not that I avoid them, but I don't, use them as go-to people. I don't go right. and ask them because I know it's going to be met with suspicion or, or it's exactly. going to be met that way. So I exactly. try not to deal with that. And when I have to deal with them getting a report or reporting off to them or they're, if they're in charge, <clears throat> is that I, I keep any communication with them completely professional. Right. Completely professional. I may joke and laugh and tell stories and uh, and everything with my other staff nurses right, and of stuff. Course. But with, that, with, with the instigators, that's the word I was exactly. looking for. With the instigators, I keep it extremely professional. I only talk to them. And some people will say, well, you should joke and get to know them. I said, but no, because my thing when you have an instigator who's looking for that, yep. that's, a, that's a personality trait. Yes, it is. That's, a, that's an integrity issue. That's also a self-esteem issue for them or an mm-hmm. insecurity for them. Right. And I don't. People who are looking to find, looking to trip somebody up, I don't like those people. <laughs> okay. And, and I know, right? So I don't want to have that personal relationship, and I'm not going to open up myself right. to them. Right. Because for, for me to open up to another person, I'm, I'm more, you know, some people are open books. I got to get to know you, and then I'm a little bit open. Then yeah, I'm a little me more too. open. Then I'm a little more open. Exactly. And um, so somebody who's I don't have use for people who treat other people that way. Right. So I only deal with them on a professional manner. And mm-hmm. so if I need to talk to them about the patient or about a procedure or right. or anything like that, I only speak to them if it's professional and I'm polite. When they, you know, if they say hi, I'm going to say hi. Right, right. But I'm not going to sit down with them like and have a heart to heart like I'm right, with you. Right, I'm not right. going to sit down and have a heart to no, heart. Right, I know. You know, and the one thing I have enjoyed is, I don't know, uh, travelers from other places. I know for me, being from the South and I'm working outside <laughs> the South. Yeah. It, it it's 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 good and it's bad. Right. Because people kind of assume certain things about you. Yes. Which is yes. okay because, like I yes. said, I don't mind being underestimated because right. then I can crush you. <laughs> but but one of the things that's so much fun working with the the a lot of the staff and especially the staff where I'm now is from the south we have a lot of ways of how we say things right right and little stories and and little slang that we use and so um it's always funny when I I don't even notice it sometimes you know I'm just because it's just how we speak and you're just used to saying things right and people are like what what was that what do you mean by that <laughs> you know and I think it's so funny because um one of the things that I've said it to you before is you know people get their ass tied in a knot over all kinds of stuff <laughs> and somebody went what what, <laughs> what did you say right yeah right? it's, it's kind of don't get your ass in a knot over that and they're like what does that mean I said I do. don't get your panties in a wad right it's just how we say it down south and they're oh I love that that's great <laughs> or we were talking about a, um, the other day we had a patient who had um, 
her, the baby's father was just useless. He was not helping. In fact, he, he was worse than useless. He was just a, he was antagonizing the patient and just not being helpful and everything. And so they're warning me about it because I'm going to have the patient. Right. And I kind of looked at the nurse and, oh, so he's kind of like tits on a rooster. <laughs> And the nurse kind of looked at me, and she she was she was kind of, she had that cocked her head, and she was confused. yeah you're in California and she girl. said she said what what I said tits on a uh, on a rooster, I said yeah she goes I I, I don't I'll get, get it, it. I, I, I went, don't get it they're useless and she goes oh, oh it'll take a minute it'll yeah. take a minute I said yeah. <laughs> the useless and it's kind of like what's the point you know exactly what's the point and so it's it's um. That kind of endears me to right, the staff. Right. My, um, I call it the Southern charm. Yes. And of yes. course, you my do accent. have that girl. You do have you that. You know, we know charm. how we know how to tell stories. Exactly. Exactly. And that little Southern accent. You know, uh, I've had people say, you know, you can you can tell somebody off in that accent, and they're they're just loving it. You know, yes. So it really doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You know, you smile and say that, and that's the other thing I'm gonna tell you. If a if a woman from the South is telling you that's nice. <laughs> That's not exactly what she, what she meant. Yeah. And for those who watched Designer Women back in the day, I don't know if some of the audience is out yeah, there pretty much about Designer Women, but that T-shirt, yeah, I used to love that T-shirt. It's one thing to say that's nice, but when they say that's nice, you can just imagine what we're really thinking. thinking. Yeah. You know, because I'm trying to be not, I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying to, trying to be, be polite. polite. I'm trying to be professional, but sometimes I just have to go, that's nice. <laughs> well, Jenny, I just want to let you know it has been a pleasure. I am glad that you uh, came on the show. Um, I always wanted to do uh, at least a couple of episodes with travelers, and I'm glad that you broke, you know, broke the first one in. <gasps> yes, you, you mean did. it yes, was you me? Bro- I'm your first. You, you the I first that traveler. Cherry? You popped the cherry, girl. So uh, whoever comes after you has got to be something. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> and for all of you out there, if you haven't met a labor nurse, we're probably. Um, <laughs> foulest mouth yeah dirty in the I, gutter I, I, I miss some in the gutter I in the gutter some. but you know that's that's, that's part that's of our charm i know so well i all i want to know is that i know you're gonna come back right you're gonna yeah. come back you're gonna come sure. back and as uh, long as i'm and, in the area and easy access i'm i'm available that'll to be you, great PJ. so we can continue to i think educate. this is great it is so we continue to educate uh, our audience out there, especially the new grads and, you know, cause there's a lot of, it's just so much information out there regarding I feel in, in nursing that they can be open up to. And, and that's my job. And I just really want to make sure that they get exposed to wonderful nurses like yourself uh, and you can help educate and teach them and everything. But in the meanwhile, I know I'll see you again. And to my audience, I love you guys. And um, you guys have a fantastic evening. And I will definitely talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye.